Listener Production. Welcome to the Footy Talk uh, podcast with Embers, Lockie and Rhino, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of the AFL. Uh, we've just seen the Fremantle Dockers beat North Melbourne Rhino by one point. We'll talk about that in a moment. Mm. We've just got to take a few deep breaths mm. and get ourselves into the serious stuff. But Max Gorn was the biggest story so far in this round two. It's uh, good news in the end, but gee, it looked bad on Friday night when he uh, was sitting in the rooms and it looked like his season was over. Yeah, it sure did. We were thinking the worst, potentially an ACL. They ruled that out this morning, Melbourne, which is fantastic news. It's medial ligament damage, which is four to six weeks. And... Melbourne of all teams are the best set up to lose their star ruckman because yep. they got Brody Grundy. Yeah, so it's a masterstroke in the end, isn't it? Because he'll get them through the next four to six weeks. Interesting to see now, Embers, whether they can uh, get him in a little bit of form and win games. Well, that's right. In the hunt for the finals. And I think the most important thing for Gorn because when you have a knee injury like that and there's a little bit of unknown, you know, you're going to bed that night and you're thinking, my season could be done. Mm. And if Gorn goes down, Melbourne's season suddenly starts to look a little bit shaky. I've you would the have flag. to think they couldn't win the flag if Max Gorn was gone for the year. They couldn't well, win it without him. Their, their structure changes. So Tom McDonald has to spend a little bit of time rucking, and I, I felt like early in the game he was actually looking really good, and then mm. suddenly you know, he didn't look good as a forward when he went there. I think, uh, obviously, Max Gorn is uh, you know, he's a sensational player. So good news is that he will be back four to six, and so... Melbourne now just need to find a way, as you said, um, to be able to start to just you know continue to win some games so that when he does come back, because when you do come back from four to six weeks off a knee injury, he's had a couple of knee reconstructions in the past, you don't just come straight back into it and actually you know play really good footy. Grundy's, uh, as you said, going to be really important over the next three or four weeks to, to dominate that ruck contest for... Brisbane, uh, sorry for Melbourne, and then ho- hopefully, as I said, that uh, he comes back, um, big Maxi, and uh, they can keep going. And the timing's pretty good matchup wise. So they got Sydney next week. Laddams is sort of leading their ruck, and yep. he's obviously no Brody Grundy. The Eagles come up after that. Yeah. We don't think Nick Nat will be there. I mean, he's some chance, but otherwise it's Bailey Williams. Then you an go underdone Nick Nat as well. An underdone yep. Nick Nat mm. if he is there. Then it's Essendon with a young ruck and Sam Draper. Mm. And then you get to sort of Toby Nankervis in, in that four range and then it's North Melbourne and then Gold Coast. So they got a few weeks where they can ease Grundy into it. He yep. can get a bit of form against some lesser ruckmen and then really hit his straps. And I reckon he'd be pretty hungry, old Grundy. I reckon he'd be keen to uh, just impress uh, and just say to the Magpies, you probably should have held on to me. But anyway, the Magpies, as we saw today, don't need nope. Brody Grundy because they are looking real good right now, Embers. They smacked Port Adelaide. Well, it almost has to be premiership favourites Absolutely. right now. They are a really good team. They have got young kids that just take the game on. Real exciting. The Dacos boys are uh, going really well. And I think McStay, he's probably the one. If he can actually start to get a little bit of form, if he can really stand up inside that forward 50, because the one thing Collingwood haven't had you know, for a few years is that key forward, uh, that, that guy where you go, you know what, we're going to you, stand up, take some big marks. That's the reason why they paid money for McStay to come over. Their, uh, their mid-range you know, forwards are really dangerous in there, but I think McStay, he's that, that missing link for them, and if he can start to get going, just makes that Collingwood side look so much better. I was listening to the boys uh, commentate the game, BT and JB were there, and uh, they were talking about how Nick Dacos was being tagged early in the game. Mm. Uh, I think he broke that tag. <laughs> he had 32 <laughs> and two goals. You can't tag him. And <laughs> That's I, I, he, impossible. He can find he's a magnet. Mm. And we talked about LDU, Luke Davies-Uniac, yep. earlier having potentially six Brownlee votes. Don't 
be too surprised if Nick Dacos mm. is in that range as well. He is such a good player to come in and just what surprises me about these young guys these days is that they can come in and have an impact straight away. We're seeing it with Sheasel at North. Yep. We're seeing it with Philippo at St Kilda. Uh, they just come in and they just go bang and, and they're ready to play. So he is a special, special player. And you know who else was very good today for Collingwood? It was Darcy Cameron. Yes. Excellent. He's been huge. Since Brodie Grundy went down last year, he stepped up, he's led the ruck, and today he was an absolute monster against yeah. Scotty Lyson. Took some big marks, didn't yep. he? He had the 18 touches, but they're going really well. They're such an even side at the moment. But even their old boys, you know, still side bottom, still, you know, running around and... Uh, and finding the football and Pendlebury, he's just a you know he's a star. He's happy to sacrifice you know his normal role to um, give guys like the Dacos guys. Mitchell's come in and he had twenty seven and kicked a goal as well for Collingwood today. So now they're a super side and they're just going to get better and better. You mentioned it in the broadcast. Imagine Collingwood Carlton oh. final. That would be juicy. Well, Carlton just looked uh, really good too, didn't they? I, I like Carlton. I like the way they go about it. They should have played finals last last year. Charlie Kerno is such an exciting key forward. And, that's and if what, Charlie's down, then uh, Big has. Yeah. He takes over. And then we'll speak about Freeman on the sec, but that's exactly what they are missing right yeah. now. I mean, if, if you've got someone that you can kick the ball to that you trust that can stand up and take marks like Kerno does, it's uh, worth their weight in gold. All right, so the Tigers beat... Adelaide was a bit of a thriller. Got a bit tense uh, late in the game, but uh, the Tigers looked the goods in the end. I was, think it was 32 points to margin in the end. Nathan Broads, mm. uh, is he in a bit of strife, a bit of a brutal tackle? Yeah, he is in a little bit of trouble. We've seen, Obviously, the news has been all week about you know these big hits and mm. concussions. He tackled Patrick Parnell, the young crow, very early in that game, and is one of those tackles where he's grabbed him and he's given Parnell no real chance to protect himself. So you see Parnell subbed out of the game immediately with um, concussion symptoms. He probably won't play next week. So I reckon Nathan Broad's in a fair bit of trouble. And given what we've just seen with McAdam getting three, Pickett getting two, mm. very different situations, but yeah. all concussion head related. He's going to be in trouble. Do you think there's got to be, like, so last week when we talked about all the bumps, the yep. Cozzy bump, et cetera, et cetera, um, that if a guy is guaranteed that he's going to get a, a, a concussion and be out for a week, should that be the sin bin? Are you a sin bin man? Yeah, listen, I, I haven't got my head around the sin bin just yet. I yep. think it's a, it's a really tough call to make. And who's making this decision? Um, that's another one. I mean, I don't think umpires can make it on the spot. It needs to be no, sort of that third umpire yeah, sitting up there the and... Yeah, I'm not I'll sure. Let you think it. I'm we'll not talk sure. I'm just, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not convinced. You might have an answer. I'm not convinced then. with it yet. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Uh, we saw a ripper of a game. Uh, it was the Kangaroos and the Dockers. 11 73 the Kangaroos to the Dockers. 10 12 uh, One point was the final margin. Uh, Rhino, uh, it was a beauty. And you've got to like seeing the Kangaroos back on the winners list. There's something about the Kangaroos. They dominated the 90s. We all love the Kangaroos and it's good to see them playing well under Alastair Clarkson. They're re-energised, aren't they? I mean, and it's a collection, what I thought tonight was impressive, it's a collection of those young guys like Davies Uniac, you know, like Sheezel, who had it on a string again, but then there's, you know, Goldstein won the ruck battle tonight. You know, didn't have a heap of the footy, but my God, he was good. And then you had Zeeble patrolling the back line, Cunnington in there in the middle. Liam Shield was excellent coming over from Hawthorne. So it's a real mix of old and young. And you're seeing Clarko on that boundary every time mm. he he's high-fiving yeah. all the blokes and they're loving life. Has he got this team at the right time? Yep. Like another year or two back, 
Would it have been the team for Clarko? Maybe he's just timed his run beautifully. It just seems like the players now, just they're playing with this enormous amount of belief that they actually didn't have last year. So and that's what happens when uh, you bring a four-time premiership coach into your club. It, uh, it means that you want to play for him. And right now, this North Melbourne side, they won two games last year. They won their first two to start the season. And they're playing exciting football. They're mids right now. And we mentioned that um, those names. They're just standing up around the contest. Uh, and they're finding plenty of football. But they're working hard both ways. The pressure that they put on Fremantle tonight to be able to tackle Chase when they didn't have the footy in their hand to win the footy back. And then when they went inside forward 50, you know, I thought uh, Larky presented really well. He's kicked 10 goals for the season now. He leads the Coleman medal, and he just um, he just doesn't miss set shots. I think he's kicked 10 straight this season to start the year. Um, if you're a really smart man, and only smart men uh, mm. at the start of the season, not me. can predict who's going to win the premiership yep. and a contender for the premiership, you would... You would have picked the Fremantle Dockers, and I'm looking at this man <laughs> right now. Well, uh, I, what's wrong? Two-page spread. Two-page in the paper. Two-page spread. What did I, I win the flag from zero and two, Rhino? Well, what I did so. Well, Brisbane's my tip for the flag. Right. I did think Frio could get to a grand final based on progression. Yes. Yep. Um, and what I noticed was over the summer, and this is what I wrote about, was that they'd had a really a boring pre-season, which is exactly what you want when you're in the window. Mm. No injuries, mm. no off-field dramas, no Jesse Hogan in a Santa suit running around. <laughs> it was all good stuff. And then they've come into it, and the one glaring issue that they haven't been able to fix yeah. is that forward line, and it's still the one thing holding them back. Their back line was pretty good tonight. Yep. Their midfield was okay, got beaten, but it wasn't the worst part of the ground and again it was the forwards and and all that we had was Michael Walters kicking two to get him back in it. Yep. Jay Gromira, a midfielder gone forward to get him back in it. It was guys like Schultz and Freddie and Switkowski. There was the big guys barely did they even kick a goal between them? I don't think between Tabiner, Amos, Jackson, Darcy, yeah. I don't reckon there was Cox a goal. Nothing late. Cox got one late. Got one late. Yeah. They had to send a defender back there. We'll talk more about their forward line because we're gonna have a bit of a player profile later on. Mm. But is Cox the answer? I know you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, but mm. like you've got to kick goals to win, obviously. In the short term, maybe. I mean, mm. we didn't see Nat Fife tonight, and as you say, we're going to go into that defend, the, the forward line a bit later on. Um, Nat Fife's a big part of that, and they need to get him in there, and he needs to get reps in the forward line, yep. and then he, he needs to play. He missed tonight, for those who didn't hear, with a foot injury. Mm. We're not quite sure how serious it is, but he was running around yesterday a little bit. Yeah. So it's not like he's in a, in yeah. a cast somewhere in a hospital getting surgery. It's not that bad. But feet, you don't. Yeah, you know, feet and backs always scare me with mm. with footy players because you just it's hard to diagnose with his history too as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, just take a breather because uh, we've got a player profile coming up, and I'm going to throw a name at you. Okay. Okay. It's, a, it's an important name for Fremantle Dockers. Uh, this is the Footy Talk podcast. Alrighty, you're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, L-I-S-T-N-R, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. Make sure it's a good one for our ones. Uh, new episodes every day at lunchtime. We've got to talk about a player uh, from over here in the West. And uh, this bloke, maybe those in the East don't know too much about, but he's been around Rhino, the Fremantle Footy Club, for a long, long time, but hasn't played a lot of games. His name's Matty Tabiner. Where's he at in his career right now? Well, first I want to ask you a question, guys. How old, 
how old do you think Matt Tabiner is? Don't look at anything. How old do you reckon he is? Well, yeah. I know. You know? He's been around so, for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think he's older than we think. I think he's 28. Yeah, he's, he's 29. He's going to yeah. turn 30 this year. Yeah. So I think Matt Tabiner is one of those players that you always say, hey, if Tabiner can put it all together, <laughs> if, if he can put it all together. We've been saying that for eight years. Correct. I used to think this way about... Is it about, time to move on from that opinion well, then? Well, I used to think this way about Hamish Hartlett. I yeah. loved him at Port and I thought, geez, mm. if Hartlett puts it... And then Hartlett retired. Yeah. And I was still waiting. Yeah. He was a solid player, but he never became what I thought he could. And I think that's Tabiner. I think it's it's they Fremantle know internally they have a forward line problem, and I think they thought that Matt Tabiner was their best chance at having a consistent forward because when he's on, mm. kick seven last year against yeah, he's Essendon, seven of five uh, and several fours. But, so, but he's when there. he's off, That's, he's he's nowhere. his confidence right now is just shot, and we saw that early in the game. He's, he's a guy, kind of guy, if he takes a couple of big grabs early, you know, he gets going, right? But early on, he took that, that bubble, that mark, over the uh, over the line and um, ran around, kicked the goal, but obviously they brought it back and uh, it was a point. Dropped a real simple mark in the middle of the ground. And once Tabernard does those things, it's almost he feels this, this weight of pressure and expectation and, and then the crowd sort of start to go, oh, no, Tabs, and... You just feel like he's running around. He's just he's just hearing all that, and he's just not the same player. He just did not look like um, the Matt Tabernard that kicked the seven and the five yeah. last year. And he puts the work. He's the hardest trainer at the club. Yeah. In fact, you know this, Lock. They have to tell him to slow down. Yeah, mm. yeah. So they they were thrilled with his preseason. He barely put a foot wrong as usual, but it's the execution on game day, and we see it sometimes, and other times we don't. So debuted in twenty thirteen, played yep. one hundred and seventeen games. Mm. Uh, Andy Brayshaw's been around for what four or five years. Maybe a little bit more. He's played 101 games or wow. 102 now. So he's had his injuries. He's had a horrible been. run. He sure has. But he's become like he was. He's the great white hope. When Matthew Pavlich retired, it was going to be Matty Tavitters. He'll be fine. We'll we'll be saved by him. But I'm just not sure he's going to be the man to take him forward. Well, they, to, call him, uh, they call him. They call him Wayne, as you know, like because he Wayne Carey because he's got the strut right. He's right. built like built like Wayne Carey. He's a can't, big boy. Can't call him Wayne. But he, it's but no he he's some. He's a bit uh, shattered. He hasn't earned that nickname so far <laughs> in his career. But no. All right. No, so no, why no. did we bring up Matty Tavitter? We brought it up because. Frio can't win the flag if they don't find a solution to their forward line. Their forward line is such an issue, and it's it's not the elephant in the room because everyone knows that it's uh, an area in their game right now that they just don't look like scoring, and that's why we spoke about it. would have been great to see Nat Fife in there responding tonight. Um, what do they do? Amos is a young kid. Can't expect too much um, from him, but maybe, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it is a Brennan Cox. I think they've got to look at it because right now they've lost – Two games that they should have won. At the yep. start of the season, St Kilda tick, North Melbourne tick. Yep. In fact, you look at Fremantle's first seven or eight games, at one stage, I actually thought they could be eight and zip. Yeah. Mm. Now. Well, they win uh, next week. Well, well, yeah, no, they don't. Coast. You don't reckon? Well, who knows? Neil or draw, maybe, the way things yeah. are going for them. And they should be West Coast. But, geez, right now, you, you can't. Win finals football with a forward line like that. You can't. You so can't. You win your score. What have they got in reserve? They've got uh, Josh Corbett, who they recruited over yeah, the offseason. Yeah, he was pretty solid. Agile forward, pretty solid last weekend uh, in the waffle practice. Match. Old Dick Tracy uh, yep. was in last week, but mm-hmm. out this week. The big Kahuna. He, but they're not going to kick you five and six goals, are they? Well, they're going to be a nice one or two goal a game uh, and be that uh, decoy for somebody yeah. else. Well, Tracy's twenty years old. He's mm-hmm. still a kid. Amos is what nineteen. 
they're still kids. That This is the problem for Fremantle. The rest of their list is ready to go. Yeah. The midfield's ready, young but ready. The back line's ready. The ruck department, you think, is ready. Mm. And they're just their key forwards are either too young or not good enough in Tabiner's case. And that's the big hole. And they can't fill it. We've talked about in the past Aaron Norton out of contract in another year. They need someone like mm. that. Mitch Georgiati's not quite you know, a, a proven player, but he can take a grab. They need something. Yeah, yeah, they certainly maybe, do. Maybe it is a Brendan Cox going inside Ford 50 just to try they something. Adjust, They've got a lot of similar defenders uh, in that back Well, line. you could bring Joel Hamling in and play. You're going to say, it'd be nice if they had good for both still. Yeah, it would be nice. That. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, but uh, maybe you can bring in a Joel Hamling and, and just play a rock lockdown defender and... Hasn't he been a forgotten player? He has. Joel Hamling. Yeah. Anyway. Premiership player at the Bulldogs. And uh, anyway, uh, they've got some real concerns. That's, uh, that's real at the moment. All right, we're going to go because Embers has got to get to the nightclub. If you have a question for us. Uh, <laughs> with, a, with a seven month old. On the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> at Footy Talk underscore pod. TikTok uh, at Footy Talk pod. Tomorrow, Daisy Thomas, Jay Clark, and Abby Holmes will be part of it. Uh, send us a question. We'd love to hear from you. Listener.